0: Welcome everybody to this edition of Tales from the Trail. Today we have Jesse Holmes and he is calling in from Brushcana, Alaska. And that is in the Cantwell Denali area and he is a three-time Iditarod veteran. Uh Iditarod rookie of the year 2018 and of course Kobuk 440. Champ of 2017, and you are also uh, a TV personality on Life Below Zero, docu series on National Geographic, and and I read you do a little carpentry as well.
1: Yeah, welcome to the
0: show, Jesse.
1: Thank you for having me. Excited uh, to do the interview. And it's pretty cool to be able to do it from out here in the bush. We're 30 miles from Cantwell on the Brush River. I relocated my kennel there last, last fall. So we're exactly one year here.
0: Yeah, I read that. I read that, um, you just got to that property and, and started building your, your home base out there. Uh, so you are kind of in the middle of nowhere and our connection is a little bit, um a little bit staticky so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how we how we do it uh throughout the podcast and so I did want to ask you you just started you've been there for a year um you moved everything from banana and all your dogs and now did you bring the same dog handlers down there or how how does that work? Do you have different ones? Do they move with you or?
1: Yeah, I had a really good team of, uh, people who were pretty inspired by my dogs and my direction of wanting to come out here, the adventure of it. So Kelby and Julie came with me and that was their second year of working for me. So they really helped make this happen because we basically moved out here and had nothing. Had to build two cabins, had to build a whole new dog yard, had to, you know, clear a lot of land and. So we we were pretty busy last winter.
0: Do you have um the three dog handlers now or just the two? I think I maybe uh saw in one of your insider videos which we have on our ididerod.com website that you might have three three dog handlers now or
1: Yeah, we have three dog handlers. Uh James, Annie, and Julie. Julie's training for running the ididerod. She'll be doing all of her qualifiers this year. So we're trying to have everybody do as much racing as is available out there.
0: So how do you put forth that idea to move camp to, uh, Cantwell? Is it, a, a conversation like, I got this big idea. You know, we, let's move to Cantwell. It's, it's going to be great.
1: You know, living out in the bush, you got to have a positive attitude and, uh, there's nothing you can't do attitude. So it's just like inspiring your dog team. You got to inspire the people around you and, you know, and you got to be good at working with people to do, be successful in having a kennel this size.
0: How is the new property out there? I, um, you're done then building your cabins and your buildings and all the, the dog houses. How are, are you situated? Are you still have more to plan and more to build?
1: We've made a lot of vast improvements. This uh summer, you know, especially on the dog yard, built all new dog houses, and we really moved a lot of gravel around with the skid steer and got it more set permanently, but we're really never done with the building projects around here. you know this is uh the dogs are the main priority, so a lot of times we just spend all summer training the dogs and we're making a big push right now to build a new cabin, finish up the other two cabins, and get ready for winter which looks like it's right around the corner
0: i saw in some of your video that um you do carpentry and it says in your bio on our website are you still do you still do carpentry jobs i mean you also are obviously training for the iditarod and um you're on the docu series as well how do you manage to do all these things <laughs>
1: As far as uh, being a carpenter goes, that's what I did before the TV show. And luckily, working with the TV show has become my main job and uh, source of income. So that job comes to me out here in the bush, and that allows me to always be focused on the dogs and working from home. And a lot of what they're filming is me with the dogs and my training and bettering my kennel and you know, I'm doing a lot of building, building my own stuff, which is pretty much living the dream, moving out to here into the wilderness and taking this ground from bare tundra and turning it to what I can see out my window right now is, uh, that's my dream come true. And it's a perfect place for my kennel to grow.
0: Yeah, I've seen, um, some clips and it looks like the new season is out for a uh, life below zero. And I saw some posts on your social media saying that it's, it's out now so we can watch the new season. And, and it looks like a lot of it's uh, you getting set up and, you know, finishing your, your cabin and doing, showing you do all this work, you know, on your own, cause you know how to do that. Um So that's pretty neat.
1: Oh, it's a really exciting job to have because, you know, we're building my home and my future, and it's, you know, I'm blessed that people like to follow that and watch that. And, you know, there is a lot of struggle that goes into it because I've never been one to turn away from a challenge. I just go straight into something with all my passion and all my heart. And, you know, I I just, it's really exciting to see it be successful out here and the fact that they get to document it on the TV show.
0: And it's looks like a really nice, beautiful area. Um, we have, it looks like, uh, Greg from our insider, you know, crew came out and did some video. And if people want to go kind of check out what it looks like out there, they can go to ididra.com and, and see some of that footage that we took. It's really nice. And the dogs have, you know, so much area to train and, and roam. And it seems like it's, a nat such a natural way to train and run the dog team.
1: Yeah, I love it out here. It's uh the training opportunities for the dogs are incredible. It makes it uh possible to keep them very happy, inspired, and motivated throughout the summer because it's a lot cooler out here and we have all this open ground in the tundra to go play with them all summer. And, you know, you just turn them loose and they're running out into the backyard, into the wilderness and, you know, running around getting exercise every day. And we've been able to train and harness all for the whole summer because it's cool enough out here.
0: Yeah, I guess that is true. It does get, um, it is a little bit cooler in that area. Um, so that's nice. I mean, I, it, it gets pretty hot in the interior. I bet in Inana, it, it might have gotten a little bit. Too hot in the summertime, maybe.
1: Sure. But we managed to figure out how to train year-round in Nana as well. But it's, you know, we've been doing it for three years in a row now. And it's uh, we're really developing the style and the way to be successful with that. And I think being out here is the, you know, the best. Because so much we can do with the dogs loose, letting them run around. And they're getting exercise, but they're mostly just having fun.
0: And that probably gives them a very positive experience with mushing and then when you're ready uh, for the race day, uh then it's just like having fun there too, I bet.
1: You know, you're just a team and when you're out there with the dogs loose and they're all surrounding you and they're looking to you as their leader, it just really reinforces the bond and the love that you have for the dogs and the dogs have for you. And you know, the happiest life that you give them, the best they can do in harness as athletes.
0: I saw you have um had some puppies this spring. How did that go? Do you see any um maybe new up and coming lead dogs or for your team, maybe?
1: Well, the way my kennel is going and what I wanted to do with it was move out here and grow the kennel. So we actually have way more dogs than I've ever had, and that's part of the reason we have four people working with them. So I have actually 37 puppies of incredible breedings, and we're using an incredible training technique, you know, just constant socialization, building that um, confidence and taking them on these long walks in the wilderness. We have the perfect setting to raise this group of puppies that I'm hoping will be my future champions. Three, four years down the line.
0: So let's talk about, um, the 2020 race. Do you, uh, remember any challenges that kind of stuck out, uh, for you in 2020? We had some kind of crazy times. I mean, we, we did have some weather, but it seems like maybe every year there's, there's weather somewhere on the trail. Um, uh, but then we have, you know, the COVID thing happening. So things changed with checkpoints. Anything, uh, any challenges that really stuck out for you?
1: It seems to me that my challenges always lie in the beginning of the race. You know, around Roan, for some reason, I start doubting myself. And that's when I start getting really conservative and backing off. But I didn't this year. I pushed to be in position into my 24 and first time doing that, you know. I felt like I had to go into conservative mode after that, so I was conservative all the way up to the Yukon River and at the beginning of the Yukon River, putting me in a position to have a super strong team for the rest of the race and It was a super it it wasn't my best placement, but it was my biggest thrill ever to drive such an awesome dog team on the coast when all those bad conditions that are you know slowing a lot of teams down the best teams in the world, we have more speed and We were able to do longer runs and it was just a thrill. I like the bad conditions. I feel like if you hold the team together through the middle of the race, it's, you know, it's really enjoyable to be making up ground on the best dog teams in the world.
0: Well, I mean, a top 10 finish is pretty good. Uh, I mean, you, you had a seventh place on your rookie, uh, year. So I guess, I mean, goals, goals wise, maybe a, You're shooting for a top five. Of course, you want to win.
1: Consistency is everything in this sport. Longevity, because every year you're learning so much more that you can put into the package the coming year. So, you know, you try to think for the best and you try to set goals for winning the race or being in the top five or the top three. But, you know, the reality is to pay attention to the races that you've had, pay attention to the dogs you have. And that's going to yield the best outcome.
0: So now you're working on uh, training, I guess. Maybe when the snow comes in, it'll be um, a little more hard training. Do you have a system that you guys work on with the dogs out there?
1: Well, I have 34 dogs in my racing pool and a fair amount of younger dogs that have come up from the, the program. And then there's 27 dogs, Julie's training for the Iditarod qualifiers and the Iditarod the next year. So there are two different strategies to training my team and their team. They're just going to train their team to have fun, 45-mile runs and go camping and uh spend the year just building confidence. Me, I will probably put the hardest training season I've ever put in in my life. It seems like every year we train harder and it yields good results. So yeah, I got a veteran team that's ready to go. They've been in shape all summer. I never let them get out of shape this year. We we were on a sled till super late in the year. And then we had two weeks off because of mud. And then we've been training ever since. So we're just waiting for snow and we're ready to get the sleds out. And, you know, it won't be long before we're doing 40 mile runs and camping out.
0: I think I heard you talk about on uh, some of your other interviews that you are working on, you know, establishing trails and maybe using the you know, Denali Highway as a, a a long trail.
1: Yeah, we had to do a fair amount of work on our trails out here because it's so remote and the trails are a little bit rougher. So the dogs have had to learn to really slow that pace down. And they've built amazing agility from running on this rougher terrain. But once there's snow on the Denali Highway, I'll use that to my advantage to do the bulk of my hardest training because it's a safe place to train big dog teams. I I find I don't get injuries training out here on the Denali Highway. And there's a lot of good cushion early from the snow. So we're really looking forward to that. We are working on developing different training areas. I've been going up to Valdez Creek. It's about an hour and a half drive from here with my dog truck and my 16- dogs and i'll take the side by side and we'll go train out there and we'll be camping out for a couple few nights at a time you know training in harness and actually being able to put on some pretty decent miles because it's so cold up there and there's so much water for them to run through and we'll be doing some camp we've already been doing camp outs with the dogs so and that's an area that we're going to be doing a lot of training in come winter time because there's some really big mountain passes you can go through and come back out to the denali highway so Really looking forward to training out there.
0: Is there any specific training you do for, I guess, yourself? I I think I also read that you are into ultra marathon running. I mean, not that taking care of all the dogs and doing getting them set up with training isn't also working you out.
1: No, it's very important though to build that aerobic capacity and that anaerobic threshold and you can't do that just doing heavy work feeding dogs around the dog yard and building things so you know I've been doing a fair amount of running this summer I got really into it really early and was doing some eight hour runs out in the mountains training for a 50 mile race and then I dealt with some back injury so that slowed me down for about a month and a half and I I completely lost the momentum to be competitive racing and running again. But I never stopped running, and I'm staying in great shape. I've started doing a lot more working out, you know, weight training and uh, core strength building. And I've also been doing a lot of martial arts, another one of my passions. So, you know, it's keeping me in shape for the race, and that's a big important part of my strategy. Every year I've gotten off that sled either in Caltag or Unicleat, and I've worked till I have nothing left, and I've always found more after that. So. That's how we do that. We keep training. And I'm hoping to start doing some backcountry skiing to kind of help keep that momentum going towards the race.
0: What kind of martial arts are you into?
1: Uh, I watch a lot of MMA, but I was almost a black belt in Taekwondo and Shotokan whenever I was younger. So, you know, I kind of always enjoyed it. And the thing I find about it is it really helps with my flexibility and my balance. So those are great skills. To have on the Iditarod when you're driving through the Dallas Elk Gorge and the burn.
0: Do you find, um, I think a lot of people who do maybe martial arts find it kind of soothing mentally. Um, Do you find that helps? I mean, I guess that is also true for runners as well.
1: Yeah, I enjoy working on technique of things. It's a, you know, I'm really into the technique of how to run and make it easier on your body. Having a good form. And you know, that goes over to my my experiences being an athlete are the reason that I am doing so well with this dog team, because I have an understanding as a coach for them and an empathy for them because I know exactly what it's like to train hard. And I know that recovery is one of the most important aspects of doing it correctly.
0: Well not only do you I mean you have to recover, but the dogs do and what how do you balance those two when you're on the trail or training you also have to have some kind of recovery time but you also have to care for the dogs and you're you're doing extra work and might might not have as much time to recover as the dogs do
1: that is such a true acknowledgement there um that's spot on and i think that's where i fell apart last year and overslept three and a half hours in Koyuk and I didn't have the care for my own well-being. I always was putting too much hard effort making this move out here to Brushcana. So I've been uh, making a big effort to do a lot of things for me and keep myself and well-rested. And you can only do what you can do at the end of the day.
0: Well, now that you're settled, you know, here in your your new place, you know, we might see that you, um, you get a pretty good finishing spot. I mean, I know it's, it comes down to a lot of factors, obviously, and, and sometimes it's being in the right, right place at the right time and having the, the right things go right for you throughout the race. But, you know, that, that might be a, a good thing now that you're, you're settled and you're kind of established in your new place. What do you, do you think that's going to play a part in, 2021
1: race i think we have so much potential in the 2021 race because we're settled in here the dogs are our main focus i have a great team of people working with me and we are not skimping on anything on nutrition for these dogs they've been eating meat all summer you know they're the healthiest they've ever been i feel like this is definitely our year to shine But, you know, like you said, it plays down to a lot of things going right and not so many going wrong. I'm trying not to be caught up in the outcome of the race, but be more paying attention to the detail of today and tomorrow and how to get that team the best trained, but the most recovered and all the right balances that, you know, we can race on the coast.
0: I think there might be a heavy snow prediction this winter. At least that's what a lot of people are saying. Um, But I mean, I I guess you would have maybe more snow where you're at now and and from last winter uh, than we've had in the Anchorage area, at least, and maybe other places. So maybe that won't be um, a big factor, anything that would hold you back uh, since being out in, in the area you are now.
1: It's a funny thing because my roots in mushing were always going really fast. And uh I bred a lot of fast dogs. I trained them fast. And I lived in Neenana where it's flat, cold, and fast trails. We've seen a whole different dynamic of toughness come out in the dogs moving out to here. And it's become to where I'm not wishing for a good trail. I'm wishing for, you know, the kind of Iditarod we've had the last three years because that's the Iditarod I know how to race. I have no idea how to race a 1,000 miles on a good trail because I've never seen a good trail in the Iditarod, you know, pretty much. It's always been soft, slow going, warm temperatures. So I feel like that's the race we want to have to be able to do the best we can.
0: Yeah, that's um, the weather has been odd. I'm born and raised in Alaska, and really the weather – that ha- that we've gotten in the last 10 years has been warm hasn't had that much snow i think this last i did rod we got all that snow at the start, the restart and it kind of kind of threw some of us a little bit <laughs> for a loop there and then you know a few years ago i did had to start in fairbanks because there was no snow and we'll see what the weather brings us this year i guess
1: yeah, we'll see how it is. We don't even know how the race is going to, you know, be formatted. So it's, you got to be real open to the way you're tr- training and, you know, it's, uh we got to see how it goes. See what they're able to pull off with uh, COVID being such a big deal.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah, that is also thrown into the mix. I mean, there, there will will be a race and, but it might be something different than what we're used to again. So hopefully things will be close to normal. Hopefully things will be close to normal uh, as far as the trail uh, route goes and, and all then we're planning, you know, strategizing what backup plan could happen if, you know, we can't do something So we're, we're definitely, uh, have our thinking caps on and, and we're planning things out so it could be the safest and, you know, situation for the mushers, of course, and the dogs and the, and the villages and every checkpoint. Uh, but we're, yeah, we're obviously also not sure. So it will be an interesting year, regardless of how the weather is. It's going to be great though. I think um, we have 60, about 60 mushers though. So, you know, we're going to have a big year regardless. And um, what do you uh, think about that? By the way, we have a lot of mushers this year. I'd have to look back at the past years that you've have run. Have there been that many mushers when you have run?
1: No, there hasn't been. This is, the most mushers on sign up that I've ran and I'm actually going to be starting behind everybody because I didn't sign up when it was $2,000. I signed up later.
0: Yeah. Yep. And we've had a couple more people kind of come into, I think, uh, after you as well. So, but you know what, it's the uh, luck of the draw, I think still with, Uh, when we have the banquet time and people are drawing their numbers so you never
1: know yeah it's going to be interesting that uh leads to a great opportunity to thank everybody that's involved in the race all the sponsors and all the backbone of the people doing the work to make sure we're going to have a race this year the veterinarians the villages i mean thank you so much for keeping this going in hard times.
0: Well, we're, um, working hard to, uh, make sure it's safe for everybody to run and, and really we have a good team in place to think all that through. And of course, we thank our sponsors for sticking with us. Um, it can't be real easy for if anybody right now. So, and of course, the mushers, you know, sticking with us too and, and deciding to continue racing and, having the faith in us to put on a safe race.
1: I think that mushers are a resilient, stubborn bunch of people. So, you know, (laughs) that really shows with the 60-plus sign-ups. And, you know, we're going to make the best of it because we love doing this, and it's our passion.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. and And on top of that, I think Alaskans in general are tough and stubborn too. So (laughs) we're just going to – we're just gonna do what we wanna do and we'll make it as safe as we can.
1: <laughs> and I and I think it's a big advantage that the Cusco three hundred is announced that they're gonna put on a safe race and the standard that they're gonna try to do it by is uh something that the the Iditarod will be able to observe because the Cusco is world class. I mean, they put on a world class event in a remote location and they're gonna do it safe. And that's a, you know, there's a lot to be learned from that, I think. So I'm thankful as well that K300 will be happening.
0: Yeah. I think we're going to be raising the bar for any event, really. I think the, the, any of the, um, any of these races are going to set the tone. I think, I think uh, it's going to be a really neat thing to see. These mushing races really raise the bar in uh, COVID safety when it comes to events. And we really look forward to that opportunity to do that, too.
1: I think it's also a great opportunity to build more of a fan following for the Iditarod, more support, because a lot of people's lives have changed and they've slowed down and I mean, people are inspired by the dogs and the Iditarod and the mushers and the whole event in Alaska. I think, you know, in these times, there'll be a lot of people wanting to follow the race. Um, I know I hear regularly from my fan base following from Life Below Zero just how much there, you know, a lot of people are getting into this race from that. And I think that there's just a lot of positive things that can be made out of a bad situation. And that will inspire a lot of people.
0: Yes, you have a lot of fans. And um I'm sure you had the regular mushing kind of scene fans. But now you also have uh the TV show fans. So you're definitely one of the fan favorites, of course, uh having so much exposure there. So it's going to be real fun for everybody, I think.
1: It's an incredible opportunity to show how loved these dogs are and how well cared for and well trained and happy they are on a on a world, you know, wide platform. And, uh, you know, it's it's something that I don't take lightly is a responsibility in how I present, you know, what we do.
0: Yep. We are all looking forward to it. Whatever happens, however, the race looks, we're all looking forward to it um I'd like to thank you, Jesse, for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Do you want to share your your social media?
1: Um I just want to thank everybody that's listening and uh thank you for doing the interview. I think it's a very positive thing for the sport you know that our fans can uh learn about how we pulled this all off, and uh you know I got a few different pages on Facebook and Instagram, but most importantly, I have the new team can't stop page and that's where we're going to be keeping everybody posted and updated all things dogs.
0: And that team can't stop on Instagram and on Facebook or just Instagram.
1: It's on both Facebook and Instagram.
0: All right. Well, if you want to follow Jesse Holmes Be sure to follow him on Instagram and Facebook on Team Can't Stop, and we look forward to uh, watching you race this year. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Kristen. I appreciate it, and have a wonderful night.